Welcome to Uncontained, episode 38. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I have comedian Chris Adams. Yes, he's an LA based comedian, born and raised in Orange County. And he says he's known he wanted to be a stand-up comic ever since the age of eight when he saw The Tonight Show. In addition to doing stand-up, Chris has made his way into the entertainment industry in a couple different areas. One of them is doing audio and video editing. He's done some work for Jim Jeffries and Eddie If on their podcast, Jim and Eddie, and also has done some editing for Chris Rock. Now, he just landed his first feature film as a sound guy. Yeah, you know, the guy with the boom mic making sure you can actually hear the dialogue. In our conversation, Chris talks about how his diversity in the entertainment industry has actually helped create more jobs. He's gotten jobs for stand-up from doing sound and jobs for doing sound and audio and video editing from doing stand-up. One thing I found out about Chris after I interviewed him was that he performed on Last Comic Standing. His performance, unfortunately, did not make the show. But I do have some stand-up from Chris for you to check out. It's very funny stuff. So take a listen, and we'll be right back with the interview with Chris Adams. You know, customer service. Because the job is simple. It's simple. But the customers are what make every job terrible. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I remember this one lady came up to me, and I was working at a coffee shop. So I was like, uh, I took her order, and I asked her a very simple question. I said, hey, what's your name? And she goes, I don't give a name. And I was like, who hurt you? <laughs> I'm just trying to make you drinks, lady. I don't. And then I like, I make her drinks and I go, uh, Sue, your drinks are ready. And, and she, nothing happens. And I go, Sue, your drinks are ready. And she goes, uh, are these my drinks? And I say, well, is your name Sue? And she goes, yes. And I go, well, you can get your drinks when you learn your damn name. <laughs> and this lady, actually looked at me and she only ordered two drinks. One was hot and one was cold. And this lady, a grown adult woman, looked at me in the eye and said, which one's cold? <laughs> to which I said, the cold one is the one with the ice in it. Please tip. <laughs> On the show today, I have stand-up comedian Chris Adams. Chris, okay. welcome to Uncontained, and how are you doing today? I am uh, wonderful today. Uh, I, I like your professional radio voice. It's very good. <laughs> My professional radio voice really only comes out at the beginning. Uh, oh, okay. I try to keep it more production. I worked in radio for seven years. Of course, so I can tell. it kind of comes natural to me. I was more like when I, wor I worked at a rock station too so I was more like Eastern Iowa's Real Rock 94.1 KRNA yeah alright never doing the completely over the top which was like alright come on up we got more rock <laughs> yeah I, I yeah. stayed away from that unless it was in parody <laughs> yeah, yeah it's Dingo and the Baby um, yeah. none of that okay no, like no. little fart sounds okay that's good though <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thing. And when I when I try to do my intros, I actually try to stay away from it a little bit because I've taken some voiceover classes and okay. apparently the radio voice, the announcer voice or whatever is like kind of like the nobody really wants to hire that in voiceover. Yeah. 
unless once again it's in parody so you know i have to work more on conversational tones and stuff like that and during the interview that comes pretty naturally to me yeah i can tell you but i just impressed because uh, <laughs> well, thank you for those of you that that i got to hear the off-air version of you of aaron and the on-air version and uh, i was like wow all right this guy knows his radio <laughs> well thank you man thank you so um with my radio history kind of out of the way here let's hear a little bit about yourself chris how did you get into doing uh stand-up comedy I started at 19. Um, I was living in uh, Orange County in Irvine, California, and a friend of mine was like, hey, you're funny. Uh, you should be a comedian. And I had no idea what that entailed. I'd always wanted to to do it, even when I was eight years old, but I had no idea how to start. Just completely fresh face. Like, I don't even know what it is. So I, what I did was... I would go to stand-up clubs and just watch people perform for, like, months. I even read up on it as as a kid. Um, I used to read up on comics, and I used to watch them. Even at eight years old, I'd watch The Tonight Shows. I don't know how I did that. I just managed to do it. But <laughs> my parents probably didn't know. But I just would watch comics, and I'd always had this interest. And a friend of mine was like, hey, you're pretty funny. Maybe you should be a stand-up. And I was like, cool. And luckily, uh, in my research, I somehow found a, a, a website that listed open mics in Orange County where I was living. And I went to my first open mic. And it was a, it was a very cool environment. And it was also it was a strange environment because it was a coffee shop in the front and a haircutting place in the back. Okay. Yeah, which I don't know how that works, but the coffee didn't taste gross so that's good that's good no hair in the coffee <laughs> no, i bet there might have been but luckily not when i was there and i went up and i did my first five minute set at this open mic and and i had a bunch of jokes i wrote and they actually worked i mean they're terrible now that i look at them but at the time i was so excited that people would laugh at just random ideas i had and uh and it I was hooked ever since that first time. Awesome. So what was it that hooked you about stand-up comedy? I think it was the immediate feedback of stand-up, where the other things I do, it's not immediate. It takes months and lots of people to get done, but stand-up is you by yourself on a stage with a microphone, and you just need an audience. That's it. Yeah, and there's like yeah, it's no barrier between you and the crowd either. So it's like as you mentioned, the immediate response, like with your sound work or your editing work that you do, you pretty much have to wait till that product is out and in the consumer's hands to really get feedback, correct? Yes. So do you find more of a I guess adrenaline rush on stage opposed to working in the field. I actually like both um, equally. Um, I love being on set and, and helping create something amazing and being a part of a crew and, and just running through and, and, and it's, it's, it's exciting, but on stage it's a different adrenaline. It's completely different. Um, they're both fun and they're both something I love to do. Um, but they're just two different aspects to me of the same career. Okay. Do you see any overlap in them? 
somewhat. I get to work with stand-ups doing sketches a lot of times. Um, and so because of stand-up, I actually have been able to create a career in sound um, just from working on people's indie projects. And that's leading to a lot of bigger things. I mean, I just got a, a feature film I'm working on tomorrow. Um, and that wouldn't happen if, if I didn't do, uh, if I didn't, if I wasn't doing stand-up and then also being a sound guy, like I wouldn't have met all these people, you know? Um, yeah. All right. So have you gotten some stand-up gigs from doing sound gigs as well? Or is it just mainly one way you get the sound gigs from working with comedians doing production for them? Well, they'll also hook me up with, you know, gigs because you, you do a good job for people and they go, oh, wow, you're super talented. And, you, and then you do stand up, too. And, and they go, oh, wow, cool. And then and then you, you know, I mean, I've been doing this uh, a little while now, about 12 years. And uh, um, so I, I'm actually good at stand up as well. Um, so then they see me do stand up and they're like, oh, wow, you're actually good at that, too. And I'm like, yeah, I, I work really hard at everything I do. Um you know, so it, it they've all been feeding into each other, and it's been it's been a it's been a fun journey of it's weird a weird journey too. Okay, as as a lot of journeys are in the entertainment industry, there's pretty not much not your standard route to get anywhere. Um, yeah, but um, there, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that I don't think there's a standard route for anybody. Um, you could ask a million people how they got into whatever they're doing and I, I think every story would be slightly different yeah yeah definitely i've actually talked to a lot of people on my show already and i've heard multiple paths to get how to get to where they are you know some of them just got lucky and like were in the right place at the right time some of them like clawed their way in you know yeah i'm going for the ladder going for the ladder claw your way yeah. in an inch at a time yeah. Okay, you said you've been doing sound for how long now? Uh, I've only been doing sound for about, I, I would say, I really started only like maybe four or five months ago. Um, but I'm already, it's, I'm moving up so much faster than that, um, which is kind of funny to me. But Okay, so what? just describe what you do in as part of your sound job, are you running the boards? Are you holding uh, mics? Or what What is your role? As uh, said, production audio is what it's called. Yeah. So basically, that job is like the boom operator uh, on set, the guy that's responsible for capturing the dialogue. Um, I, I do I do that. So I have a little rig that I use. Um, I have a professional. Um, what do you call it? Uh, it's called a field mixer. So it's different than a radio board that you use on radio. It's way different, but it's, it's like a portable version of that kind of okay. good, good preamps, uh, you know, and, you know, XLR connections and it records to high end quality. Um, and they use it to, uh, capture the dialogue on sets uh, of a film or a, a project, any project. Um, and at the same time, I'm usually holding the boom because I, you know, can't afford to. Uh, they usually can't afford to hire two people, um, so I'm doing everything. So it's kind of a, it's a challenge, you know. And it's every, every day is a is a new like obstacle. Okay, what so far in your five months? What is are there any 
uh, projects that you can speak of that you've been on? I know the one that you just got hired for, you can't mention any names or any titles, but has there been one project that you've done so far that, you know, is, or I guess, <laughs> is there any project that, is, that stands out to you? Uh, I love working for comedians on sketches and I've done a few different, um, there's this one sketch on YouTube called uh, Modem, and it's going to be hard to find, unfortunately, because the title is too common. But uh, that's the name of the, the sketch group is Modem, and they do really interesting, funny, silly, like crazy sketches. And I've done about four of them, four or five of them, and uh, or maybe six now. I don't remember. Um, but I've done a lot, and, and they're, I love working for them. Uh, they make they're really great writers, so they make some of the mo- most interesting sketches I've seen. Um, you know, well well put together, well shot, well produced. And I also started working because I was working on that project. I got another project through somebody else, um, and their group is coming out soon called No Girls Allowed, um, and it's two female comics that write and produce their own sketches, and they're trying to get into the into the uh, women in comedy festivals i think there's like a whole scene for that right now especially and they're really funny like i I, like that's some of my best work as an audio guy because it it just came out so good and so natural i was so happy with it um and like i just love working for these people because i just enjoy being a part of uh, something bigger yeah and like for being a sound guy, is it more gratifying? Like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like being a bassist in a band. When you're doing a good job, nobody really notices your work. But when yes. you're doing a bad job, everybody notices. It's exactly like that. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the, it, no, because they only notice when you screw up, and then you're like, ah, oh, and then you feel terrible. <laughs> um, you know, and then you go, let's do another take, please. Uh, there was a plane. Well, that's not my fault, but that happens a lot. Like, there's people don't realize there's so much stuff. The city is so loud. I know that, but unless you do audio, I don't think you would. Yeah, I've I've noticed even doing podcasts. Like, as I'm talking to somebody, I hear like a siren in the background, or like just ambient noise from the city that's coming through their apartment walls. You know? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like right now, there's a plane. I can hear it. I don't know if you can, but I can. I, I can hear it right hear now it. too. I hear it. Okay, and it's just that's. I live in Hollywood, so what are you going to do? Exactly. You um, can't tell them, "Hey, I'm doing an interview. Don't fly over here right now. Thanks." Y- yeah, we're not. I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Give you another six months, and then then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, that's that's the part I love. I I I know it's weird to say, but I love both because I. I do, I'm happy that I developed this technical skill that's, you know, finally allowed me to pay my bills and um, keep me creatively uh, happy. Because um, for a little while I was only doing stand-up and then working at, uh, you know, crap, like a coffee shop job. And that was very unfulfilling. Um, yeah. Extremely unfulfilling. I'll put it that way. And I even tried to change jobs thinking like, oh, I'll just make more money doing something else. And that was still unfulfilling because money wasn't the thing I was looking for. It was I needed um, to feel like I was doing something creative every day. 
I feel you on that 100%, man. Uh, I actually have a regular job now as well. And, you know, I just crave for the one day where I can, you know, just do all creative stuff. But yeah, well, it's, 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 it's getting it's, there. It's a process. It's a definitely a process and it's worth working towards, you know, because you only have really this life and you might as well enjoy it. Very, very true. Very true. So you mentioned that a lot of times you have like planes flying over sound ruining, like outside sounds ruining the sound that you get. Do you have any horror stories from either on stage or doing your production, uh, your audio production? Uh, luckily nothing yet for audio. I'm pretty easy going and I, you, everyone I work with has been easy going so far. I, I've never been yelled at by, uh, I don't know, Christian Bale yet or what, 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 what. <laughs> um, not, yeah, I'm not on that level. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the high enough level to be yelled at by a famous person. Um, but I, I, I've had more horror stories than stand up for sure. All right, what's your biggest bomb? Because I always find that a lot of comics say they learn the most from their biggest bombing experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my worst one, I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, it was it was at, I forget where it was exactly, but it was at this place in Long Beach. It was when I was living in Orange County still and doing, doing stand-up. And the... The crowd was well. Kid from Kid and Play was there. I remember that. <laughs> um, and and a great guy, awesome person, great entertainer. Uh, not really a stand up, but he's just a good entertainer. So okay. he went up. You know, like he's just not a stand up. He just that's not his love. I can tell. But he's a great entertainer, and people love seeing him. And uh, 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 it, he he's a, he he is funny, but he's just you know there's, you can tell when between someone that's trying to be a stand-up and someone that's just loves entertaining. It's, it's just a different thing, but you know, more power to him. But he goes up and just everyone loves him and it's great. And then I get up and I don't know what I started with, but I just, people just hated me from the get go. And no matter nothing I said, won them over. And I just, they booed me until oh. I got off. I mean, I stayed up there. I was, I told them I'm not going to get off just cause you're booing. Um, but I, I stuck in there, but it, it was a miserable experience for sure. How long ago did that happen? I would say that was uh, at least six years ago. Six years ago, and you said you were just thinking about it yesterday? Well, I, I, other people have asked me this question. Um, so, I, well, I was preparing for this interview, and I was like... Hmm. Okay, I was just wondering if it was like haunting you uh, that long. Every once in a while, it just comes up like damn kid yeah. and play um. <laughs> well, well i do say that every time i see house party but uh you know but how often do you watch that every once in a while all right i'm sure if, yeah. if you catch it flipping through like cable every once in a while yeah if it happens to be somewhere i'm like oh yeah that movie then i go oh yeah oh wait <laughs> that's right <laughs> um but yeah, I, I, yeah, that was one of my worst experiences, but I, I did learn a lot from it, and I learned how to uh, take the stuff that I do in stand-up and be a lot more uh, likable um, on stage. Because I think at that... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, at, the, at that time, I was more aggressive and, uh, and more 
like, oh, you're going to listen. And then like, I learn now how to mellow that out and be still forceful with what I'm saying, but likable at the same time. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask like, what were some of the things that you changed to become more likable? One taking out the, a little bit, a little bit of the hostility and aggression, which a lot of comics start out with. Yeah. Uh, I took that out. Um, I also, uh, I, I just became a better comedian. So you didn't have to be aggressive and like, you didn't have to hit him that way anymore. Um, and I feel like you know, like you said, when you're new, you, you think like, oh, well, my idols are like this, so I'm going to try and be like that. And you're not being yourself. And what you learn over time in comedy is, is how to be the closest to you that you can be on off stage, on stage. It takes a long time. It's a lot of effort. And um, I think I'm, after about 12 years, I think I'm finally getting there. Yes, I had another guest actually say that too. Like the object is to be who you are in the living room while you're like making fun of your friends and whatever on stage, mm -hmm. be that same person back and forth. But a lot of people think, oh, that sounds easy. I could get up on stage and do that. But when you have, you know, an audience full of people and a microphone, it's not always that easy to be yourself when you're trying to make them laugh. No. Um, and also when you're when you're newer, you don't know you don't know what you're doing like but not in a bad way you know how to tell <laughs> you know how to tell jokes but you just don't know you're not comfortable you can people can read that uh, the audience can read everything that you do um, they can read any emotion that you have uh, how you're really feeling it's it's just it's so visible and i don't think people realize that early on but as you get up in comedy and start taping yourself more and actually looking at the tape you realize, oh, this is how I'm perceived. And then you learn from watching tape, like, oh, okay, if I just do this, oh, that'll add to the joke. Or if I pause here, like, it's a bunch of technical, boring stuff if we really talk about how the sausage is made in comedy. Um, it's not, it takes away the magic, I think, because it, it's like learning magic, you know? If you, I don't know if you ever learned magic, but uh, once you learn it, you're like, oh, that's not that... I mean, it's still awesome if... if to, to understand like the technical skill that goes into it, yeah. but it kind of takes away, it takes away the fun of it a little bit, you know? And there's definitely some of that with stand up because, and there's different schools of thought on it. Uh, for me, like I, I'm, I like to tell stories. I like to, uh, talk about myself and real, real life, uh, things. Anything that bothers me usually goes in cause I'll have more emotion. Oh, that's the other thing is whatever you talk about, uh, believe it a hundred percent doesn't matter what it is. You just have to believe it. Okay. So are you saying what you talk about has to be true or mm. believable to yourself? Believable, at least believable to yourself. If it's true, that's great. And that'd be awesome. But, you know, none of us are telling 100% of the truth. It's always a version of the truth. But it has to have that emotional connection to you in some way, I feel. Personally, that's the, what what I try to do. Like, it has to... Um, resonate. It has to be something I believe in, or uh, uh, my point of view. If it's not my point of view, it doesn't. It's not worthy of going in the act. Okay, definitely good advice. I have actually done stand up myself. I haven't for a while because I've been working on the podcast here and haven't had time between real job and this job to get on stage. I know it's mm -hmm. terrible, but yeah, a lot of what you're saying 
is some of the stuff that I've learned while I was on stage. One of my biggest problems was learning when to pause. Mm. Working in radio, any dead air was bad. Yeah. So a split second, like even a fraction of a second of not talking, even on stage, seems like 10 times longer than it is. So I'd, I'd feel like I paused for a normal amount of time. But really, when I looked back and watched the video, it'd be like, so the thing about this is blah, blah, blah. Like, That's why it's important, uh, especially if you're a newer comic, is to record yourself all the time and just li- listen, at least audio. Listen back and you'll you'll hear that. I mean, it's more apparent. It's very painful, I know. Uh, to listen to anything you do because it's just uh, our own voices just sound terrible to us I feel <laughs> but if you if you uh, if you really do it though and it's it's part of the 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 nuts and bolts the work the hard work that actually is required for stand-up even though people think it's just easy it's really not it takes a lot of effort and uh, a lot of like you have to be you have to treat it like a, a job Um so that's, okay, I'm going to do a set. Now let me listen back to that set. Now where can I improve? What can I change? How do I, how's the timing? It's all these weird technical things um, that you can that you can hear on tape. And you can go, oh, okay, I see what I did wrong there. Oh, I should have paused a little bit longer. Oh, uh, if I had just maybe looked a certain way at this time, you know, um, it would change everything. And it's maybe the joke is well written and you just didn't deliver it right. You know, it's not the audience's fault. Yeah. And you were talking about uh, recording yourself all the time, even if it is just audio. I think video is even better because you can see, like, if you're doing anything that's not funny body language wise or taking away from the joke or if you keep fidgeting in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Oh, body language is huge because that actually uh, way more than then your voice is how you really feel and that's what people are picking up on. So if you're saying something and, and your body language says, I don't really believe this, the, the audience knows that and they're not going to buy into anything you say at that point. Is there a time where the audience wasn't buying what you were saying and you were able to correct that mid-show? Yes. Uh, well, most of my career. Um <laughs> um no but i I, there's been so many i don't even remember as how many times it's been but like most open mics uh i i try to attack it now from a more professional perspective of like i'm here to work on ideas but you know when i first got to la which was only a couple maybe like three or four years ago i would definitely not uh have the right body language or or just not believe what i said because i just I just felt like, oh, there's so much pressure here, and I, I don't know if I can do this. All this was going on inside my head, and it was definitely being projected out. I just didn't, um, I just didn't realize it. Okay, definitely. What did you do to correct that projection? Well, like I said, once I started realizing, like, no, this is this is a real career, and you have to take it seriously. Um, it changed a lot of things for me. Uh, I've also watched myself i did i recorded a half hour of comedy uh, on my own i self-produced it i did my own audio and um i I, once i did that i I could see how 
how I should perform versus how I was performing. Um, and I wish I'd re- been recording way more, but it, what it did was I learned how to like, Oh, here's how you tell these jokes, you know? And, it, and you still have to keep it fresh every time. That's another secret. I don't think everyone knows that, but stand up comedians in order to get a joke really good, you have to do it so much that you almost get bored of it or you do get <laughs> bored of it. Yes. And, and that's the only way to get it good. And it's so frustrating in LA at times because you're performing in front of the same couple of comics a lot of the times. And, you know, cause there's so many comics here and, uh, you just have to perform for the same people and it, it gets frustrating, you know, and, and they're not going to pay attention. Even if they like you, they're not paying attention because they're doing their own thing or people have their own issues. And so you have to learn even in that situation, how do I perform it and am I doing it right? Even if there are no laughs. So that takes a while. All right. Yeah. I'm sure it's a learning process. Um, okay. I know you do a lot on stage, but you mentioned working with these, uh, sketch groups doing audio for them. Do you actually do anything performing wise with sketch groups? Um, not just yet. I'm working on that right now. Like I'm writing my own stuff as well. Um, and I know now that I have a, a group of people I've been working with, I have more people to help me out. So, I um, am starting. I'm going to start my own group and and try and work with comics, stand up comics, hopefully. But whoever wants to work with me, and I'm gonna um, just be constantly producing uh, my own content because uh, really that's the only way to do it. I think nowadays is you just have to always be working, even if even if it's just for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And so that is a goal of yours to get more into uh, doing the sketch aspect along with on stage. Um, so, Chris, do you have any uh, any advice that you would give somebody looking to get started out in uh, stand up or in professional audio? Uh, I would say um, do everything you can do. Don't turn down anything in the beginning. Um, and just be uh, here's here, be a good coworker. There we go. I'll put it that way. Like always, be show up on time. Do what you say you're gonna do, and just be genuinely like happy to be there. Cause um, there's enough negative people in the world. Uh, we don't need any more. We're kind of <laughs> we're kind of full, um, which is fine. But you know, just generally try and be happy to be there, and, and people will. You know they'll they'll want to work with you, and that's how I've gotten a lot of sound jobs uh, just by being professional and and being really uh, eager to to be there and 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 stand up. Uh, that that career has its ups and downs for sure. That's that's a longer journey than any any almost anything else. Um, but it's it's a fun journey. Um, for that, just do as many open mics. Don't be afraid to fail. Failing is good. That's what I'll say. Failing is great. Don't be afraid of it. Because um, I wasn't good for, I would say, like four years. The first four years, I was pretty awful. And then somewhere around year five, I started to figure some things out. And I feel like only just now am I at a level where I can go, oh, um, I, I now I need to do the things to start getting paid. Um, so even though I've been paid before, uh, I only feel like I deserve to be paid now, ironically. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been paid, and it's never been great money, but it's, you know, here and there you get like 20 bucks um, doing some of these random shows sometimes, 
or people will buy you a beer and like that's technically payment you know and just treat everything like this is your job even if it's just a, a, a terrible show i mean i don't always listen to my own advice sometimes i you know, I get angry at things, but I try not to. As a rule, I try to just be like, "Oh, cool! I'm, thanks for letting me do the show," and just be. Uh, I know comics can be very socially awkward, uh, <laughs> which, which is a death, which is kind of a death nail. And I think because I work in production, I have to be the opposite. I have to be very outgoing, and uh, because of that, I'm learning how to uh, actually be, get more stuff in comedy because I'm learning how to be an outgoing person, which I'm not naturally okay. at all. Um, I'm more introverted, or at least I was, I think, in my 20s. And I, now that I'm in my 30s, I, th- I feel like I'm starting to become more of a of who I, I think I am. I don't know if I'm you ever become who you are, but who, I'm becoming more of the person I believe that I, I am. Okay, more the person that you believe you want to be, anyway. Yeah. There All right. Go. That, All right. Cool, man. Cool. So. When when somebody comes to your show, Chris, what do you want them to take away from your performance? What do you want them to remember about a Chris Adams show? Well, I, I'm hoping that they come away with obviously laughing, but number two, I, I hope because I have an interesting story that I tell on stage that they come away realizing like no matter what your circumstances that you started out in, you can go anywhere in life. It doesn't matter how. Uh, bad you had it in the beginning you can pretty much do anything if you you know if you're willing to work hard perfect perfect okay so working hard is essential to pretty much anything in the entertainment business let alone life and one of those things that you have to do is promote yourself what do you do to promote yourself i mostly uh i'm not the best at that but i use Facebook, Twitter, uh, I have a website that I use. Um, I need to get better about emailing, getting email lists like every show, no matter what, or no matter how small the show, trying to build fans that way. But um, that that's the one area where I need to get better at. I'll admit that. Um, but that's like a, a key thing is you have to go out on these road gigs and then anywhere, anytime you get out, you just sign people up on an email list and then so that the next time you go, they're excited to see you. You know, you, you try and build excitement um, and your work hopefully will speak for itself. You know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what you mentioned, you do social media to promote and uh, where can what what uh, let me try that again. Where can mm. people get a hold of you? I have a website at uh, chrisadamscomedy.net. Um, that's my main website right now. I also am on Facebook at Comedian Chris Adams, Twitter at Comic Chris Adams, and Instagram at Comic Chris Adams. Um, my Instagram is weird, though, because it's mostly just like street art pictures because I, I walk around a lot and I just snap pictures of like cool street art. Um, I don't know why, but I just started doing that randomly. Um, so, yeah, those are... Those are some places you can find me. But the the main place to find me is at chrisadamscomedy.net. Um, I try to put shows up on there. So. Okay. And uh, so chrisadamscomedy.net. I'll include those uh, links in the show notes. And um, before, before we wrap up the show today, uh, what do you have coming up? Anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, I, I have a show at – I have a show at Flappers. 
um, on November 30th, uh, I believe I'm doing, actually, I should have already had that up. I foolish me. Um, so yeah, on November 30th at nine 30, I'm doing flappers in the Yoohoo room, which weird name for a room, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing their show November 30th, flappers comedy club, Burbank in the Yuhu room. All right, great. So I have one final question for you, Chris, and that's the title question to the show. How do you live uncontained? Uh, I live uncontained um, very simply because I don't need things. So uh, I don't need as much money as other people. Okay. Uh, keep, yeah. So luckily that has given me the freedom to uh pursue my dreams all right perfect man uh, like you just don't have like a tv or you don't have like shoes basic like clothing or oh well i mean <laughs> i i'm not saying i don't have things but i don't have a lot of things um kind I, of I, a minimalist I, approach minimalism for sure uh i i like to be a minimalist so that i can uh uh, all my money goes to keeping my career going in one way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just keep everything at a minimum. I don't like nice cars or I don't have like the taste for nice clothing. I just try to uh, just eat every day. If I can eat every day, that's a good day. <laughs> if you can eat every day and have and a pay place my to rent. stay, you know, yeah, to take care of the... A few of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, then you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, All right. That's my. That's how I stay uncontained. Is I, I, I don't. Um, I don't let commercials tell me what to buy. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Thank you, Chris, uh, for coming on and talking with me today. I have one more thing for you to do. Uh, would you do me the honor of signing off the show? I'm Chris Adams, and I live uncontained. Thanks again to Chris Adams for coming on the show today, and thank you for listening. Make sure you stop by his website, chrisadamscomedy.net. He has uh, all of his social media links there. They'll all be in the show notes as well, but uh, please check him out. Very funny dude. On his website, you can check out all of his upcoming show dates and what else he has going on as well. You never know what movie he'll be working on, who he'll be doing some editing for, or where his face may show up. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Thanks again to everybody for listening, and please keep... Uh, Thanks again to everybody for listening, and please keep getting the word out about the podcast. I appreciate everybody who's going and subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing with all their friends. Getting the word out helps a lot, and also, I want to know how you live uncontained. Post uh, post pictures or videos of how you live uncontained to your favorite social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know all the basics, and tag it with hashtag live uncontained. And uh, I'll check it out. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. And as always, live uncontained.